All right. With me on the phone right now is Todd Coconato. He is, um, <clears throat> well, I don't have time to tell you everything that Todd does, <laughs> but what I can tell you is this, that you need to go to remnant.news. That's R-E-M-N-A-N-T dot news. It is a great resource for uh, getting a, a biblical worldview on what's going on out there, getting some good, solid news, and it will also send you to the other links for uh, Todd's ministries. Um, he's a guy that is uh, in, in, incredibly, God has blessed him with so much. He, he appears in media, he speaks at conferences and churches. He's been a faith advisor in, and worked in collaboration with Trump's faith-based team when uh, they were campaigning and uh, He's the president of the Religious Liberties Coalition, a nonprofit national coalition of pastors and ministry leaders. And as I said, he's also the founder of Remnant News, which to me is uh, just an um, amazing resource for great news. We're always looking for new alternative sources for, for news, and this is a, a great one. He's, uh, he's based out of Nashville, Tennessee, so he's also a, a fellow Tennessean. Let's see if we can get him on the line here. Hello. Todd, are you there? Yes, sir. Good to be with you, Richard. Hey, good to hear your voice again, Todd. Uh, did I do okay? Is there anything I, you want to fill in on that? You did wonderful. Thank you. I know it's a little complicated. I mean, mainly I'm a, I'm a servant <laughs> of the Lord, and, you know, we're all here in a time as this, and what an important hour to be alive, right? Well, you know, there's an old um, uh, blessing slash curse that says, may we live in interesting times. Yep. Yeah. And I definitely think we are. I, my mom <laughs> grew up in, in Chicago in the 1920s and uh, experienced the Depression firsthand in probably one of the worst-hit areas in the nation. And, right. and uh, it was definitely interesting times. She told me of you know rubber shortages and butter shortages and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, yes. and then, of course, uh, she was an adult during World War II. So... Uh, it, it doesn't seem like we've escaped from this concept of living in interesting times. Um, <clears throat> now, I've noticed on your Remnant News, and again, for my listeners, that's at remnant.news, R-E-M-N-A-N-T dot news. And I don't think of a, there could have been a better term <laughs> than that, because um, I think for the last 20 years, the one thing that people ask me the most about is what does it mean to be the remnant? Mm. And boy, is that something that we could take a few shows on? Yes, certainly. I mean, you know, a lot of people ask me that same question, Richard. You know, they say, what is it? You know, what do you mean by remnant? And I just say, I really just mean those that are willing to stand for righteousness, for the entirety of the word of God, to speak truth. You know, the Bible says the truth shall set the captive free. And there is a lot of deception, uh, a lot of misinformation, propaganda. I know your listeners know this. Uh, that's out there right now. And so people are seeking. They're hungry. And there's something that I really believe God's given us uh, discernment, you know, in, in our spirit, even, you know, just as you're born. You know, it's like a blueprint that's inside of us that we can kind of sense what's right and what's not. Have you ever noticed that? And so, you know, I think it can be sharpened. I think you can get better at discernment, especially if you ask the Lord for better discernment. But I think we kind of inherently know in our heart what's right and what's wrong. And so people are sensing there's some things that are very wrong 
that are happening right now and some of the things that they're being told are not true and they're doing their own research they're going to the source documents they're looking for answers and that's what we want to do is we want to provide uh, you know an alternative to some of the propaganda and the lies and, and the disinformation you have an article up here by Anon three days ago one more round yeah the end is not yet yep um you know, for a long time, the other thing, I, I, I've done a, a, a 70-page commentary on the book of Revelation and, and gone through it with people, and the one thing that everybody gets that comes out of that is that um, it, it's, it's not about whether or not we're in the end times, it's about enduring the times that we are in. That's right. And I think that that's probably the thing that has been lost on the Western Church, I've often said, Todd, that if I was going to um, <clears throat> form a, a military group, yeah. and the first thing I told them was, okay, look, if you get captured and you're facing torture, don't worry about it. We're going to come to your rescue before that happens. Hmm. My military would never be strong enough to defeat the enemy. Yes. But on the other hand... I said to my military, I'm going to train you to endure no matter what happens to you. Yes. I would have a military that would be feared around the world. Yes. And I think that's the feeling of the church is that we've been told for a long time now, almost from the middle 1800s, yep. don't worry, when things get bad, we're going to be delivered from it all. Yes. <laughs> and yet every remnant I've ever seen has come through the fire rather than that's delivered right. from the fire. Yes. Wow, Richard, you, you really are tracking. You and I are tracking, man. I mean, I agree with you. Look, I always tell people I would love for the preacher of rapture to be the case. I mean, there's no one that wants that more than me. But we uh, are told in the Word of God that, you know, we have to finish well. The Bible says in several different instances, like you said in the book of Revelation, those that endure until the end. And what does that mean, to endure until the end, you know, to prosper, to thrive in the middle of calamity, to be in the world, yeah. but not of the world, you know, and that's what I really believe the remnant is. And I believe there's a rising remnant. You know, that's what I think is happening right now is the people of God that, that have ears to hear and eyes to see, they're, they're seeing there's an urgency in our hearts and in our spirit. And so this is the time for the remnant to rise. And basically what that means is for the church to be the head and not the tail, you know, for many years, the church was retracting. We were trying to be relevant in culture. We were trying to be culturally relevant. And, and the thing about that is the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He already is relevant. So we don't need to try to make him relevant. We don't have to try to look like the culture or be like the culture. If anything, we should be the head and not the tail, the one that's leading the culture. And that's what happened uh, when this nation was founded. You know, it was founded on the principles of the word of God. And so that's why this nation has been so prosperous. Now, we got away from those principles, and we got far away. And I believe this is a shaking period that we're in right now. This is a period, it's almost like Nineveh, you know, where God gave Nineveh a second chance, but Nineveh had to repent and to turn from its wickedness. Otherwise, we would be like Sodom and Gomorrah. So this shaking period, I believe, that we're in right now, it's the mercy of the Lord where he's giving us more time. But Richard, there's no way we could have continued on business as usual. There had to be right. a change. There had to be a course correction. And so it's this is this pivotal crossroads moment for America where we decide, will we make a change? Will we repent? 
we'll return back to our foundation and the principles of the Word of God, or will we continue to go down this path of just immorality and walking away from God, taking God out of everything? So this is a really pivotal crossroads period right now, I believe, that we're in. Psalm 91 addresses this. I'm going to read you the first first eight verses and then throw a little comment at the end. Yeah. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly plague. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the calamity that, that destroys at noon. Though a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, no harm will come near you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. Come on. Yes. One of my favorite verses in the Word of God, and this is what I say, is that, you know, a lot of us have trained, because of the culture of the church, to go to church on Sunday, get a word, be encouraged, leave, and then kind of just go about our business throughout the week. And I understand many of us are busy, we're parents, we've got, you know, soccer practice and school and all the different things that life brings us, you know, and so that's our time in the Word has really been, you know, Sunday. But what God is saying is we need to spend time in the secret place every day, you know, die to our flesh daily, you know, get into the word of God and really have, because uh, we don't want to be just drinking milk. We don't want to be at level one. We want to be constantly going deeper in our faith, growing stronger, you know, really getting that meat. And that requires a two-way conversation. It's not just us going to the Lord, you know, like uh, like he's Santa, you know, with a bunch of wish, you know, wishes and requests and, and needs, but really inquiring of the Lord and having the Holy Spirit speak to us. Like the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. And so we have to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord, inquire of him, spend that time in the secret place. That's why I love that verse. And that's where you really get recharged, strengthening your faith. You get renewed and you have that peace that passes understanding and and, and the tools that we need because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal to get through the challenges of this world. And this is where I really believe this this rising remnant, as I referred to it, but really it's just the body of Christ, the ecclesia, you know, however you want to refer to it, the, the true people of God that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. This is how not only do we survive in this time and the, and the days and months and weeks and years ahead, but we're actually going to thrive, Richard, because we're, we have the favor and the anointing and the blessing of the Lord, and it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. That's why I really believe, you know, I was talking to some great people yesterday on, a, on another call. And we were talking about this as much as, you know, I encourage people get involved in politics. I think the church needs to be active in all the different areas of society, including the political sphere. Uh, but ultimately, it's not going to be a politician that fixes this country. Uh, you know, Correct. it's really the church, you know, and the people that's of right. God that, that need to stand up and, and be the head, and not the tail. And that's what's going to change the, the, the whole culture and ultimately bring us to where we need to be as a nation. Well, we've got about 30 seconds before we got to take a station break. Can you hold on through that? Yes, sir. All right. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about the possibility that God has uh, used his son to supernaturally shield Noah. He used him to supernaturally shield the children with the blood on the yes. doorstep. And what would happen if there was a third shielding just before his return for mm. those people? Yes. All right? Love it. All right, we'll be right back after these messages. Oh, 
welcome back to Talk Radio 92.3 FM and AM 760. This is Richard May. We're coming to you live from the FMT Insurance Studios. And with me today is Todd Coconato. He's based out of Nashville. And even though he's based out of Nashville, his reach is across the whole country. Uh, one of the most impressive things I've found is his YouTube channel. And you can just uh, type in uh, Todd Coco, C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O, Coconato, yep. on YouTube, and check out his YouTube channel. All right, let's get back Thank live you. with Todd. Thank you, you sir. There, sir. Yes, I am. All right. Um, how's your YouTube channel doing? You know, we, we've really kind of transitioned over to Rumble, and I'll tell you why. Um, I'm a pastor, and I talk about you know issues in our nation, but for the most part, I'm talking about things from the Word of God perspective, from a biblical lens. And funny enough, YouTube likes to censor me. So, um, <laughs> um, it, it, do you find yourself that it's inevitable that if we're going to be talking about things from a biblical perspective, it's going counter to the, the the false narrative that's out there on whatever issue we're going to talk about? Unfortunately, yes. And I think this is becoming a, a more and more increasing uh, issue and and challenge. Yep. And so. Uh, you know, I'm glad that there's these free speech platforms that are popping up. I know President Trump is launching Truth Social and, you know, there's Telegram and Rumble and a few others that, you know, Gab. Uh, but this is what's kind of been happening. And, and you know, it's we talk about this as really alternative ecosystems is what we need. Uh, because you unfortunately, go. you know, the issue is that there's censorship and it just continues to get worse. I mean, how crazy is it that right now Russian President Vladimir Putin still has his social media, but our former president, you know, 45, President Trump, had his taken down. I mean, how crazy is that, right, Richard? Yeah, or Zelensky, who's his bad intentions on this whole thing are becoming clearer and clearer. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's literally using, um, I was just talking about this before you called, he's using uh, human shields, yeah. uh, forcibly using them against their will and putting them up as, um, so, you know, uh, targeted collateral damage to, to make it look like it's, it's, uh, intentional that Putin's doing it. It's just crazy what's going on out there. It, it is crazy. It's kind of what I alluded to earlier about all this you know, misinformation. It's like an information war that we're in, and many people are very confused and trying to figure out what's going on. But I will say this, and this is just you know uh, a Reagan-esque way of thinking. He said, "Trust but verify." And uh, the truth yeah. of the matter is, you know, I mean, this this is the same mainstream corporate media, ninety percent owned by six corporations, that have been uh, for the last two years giving us a bunch of information that was incorrect. And now a lot of that is coming out, and uh, it's interesting. You don't see anybody apologizing, but you know, even mainstream media is now uh, admitting that many of the things that they were saying were incorrect. You know, they bury the story or they put it like you know in a way that it doesn't really read that way. But that's the case. You know, we've gotten you know I know friends that have had been deplatformed, had their Facebook completely blown up and taken down. Mm -hmm. These are doctors, Richard. You know, people that are uh, in in the medical field that have the training and the expertise and, and virologists and really credible people. It's not like they're just somebody that's sitting in a basement that has no idea what they're talking about. These are people that have the resume and you know the career to prove. That, and they're just trying to, you know, speak on certain issues and give an alternative view or, or bring out information that maybe hasn't been brought forth from the FDA or the CDC. And they're being censored. They're losing their jobs. Um, it's unbelievable what we've seen in the last two years. And so we have to remember these are the same people that are now giving us this new, you know, it's just so interesting, the timing. I mean, right when the pandemic is kind of winding down and it's like all of a sudden now we're in another war, you know, or, or we could be at any moment. 
Um, and, you know, President Trump throughout his four years, you know, we didn't enter any new wars. In fact, we were, you know, ending the foreign wars. And so now all of a sudden yeah. we're, we're back in another conflict that could potentially become something that could be all encompassing and bring in the whole world. So very, very uh, critical situation that we're in right now. Uh, before you came on, I was reading a letter from uh, one of my dear friends, Dr. Scott Lively. He's uh, right there with us. And at the very end of this letter, it's one that he published in WorldNet Daily here just yep. recently. He said yep. this, the very same globalists who installed Biden through election fraud burned our city, staged the ongoing genocidal pandemic, and turned American school children into gays, trannies, and social justice warriors, also installed the Zelensky regime in Ukraine. <laughs> they want World War III to destroy the old world order, order so they can bring in the new one through their Great Reset. And they're trying to manipulate you, you into demanding war against Russia while pretending to resist the will of the people. My fellow patriots, in the name of God, I implore you not to be deceived by the oldest war propaganda tricks in the book. Look carefully behind the human shields and swords in Ukraine and America. In both places, you will see the ugly, satanically contorted faces of George Soros, Klaus Schwab, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and the whole globalist cabal sneering back at you. Ooh, <laughs> he nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, he tends to mince words. He's not quite the direct speaker that you and I are. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I agree. And uh, I think that is exactly what we're talking about here is, is that the, these people are the same people. I mean, you have to look. You know, the Bible says you know them by their fruit. And so you have yep. to look, who are the people that I'm aligning with? Who are the people that are in agreement with the mainstream corporate media and their narrative? And when you look, it's the people that you mentioned, the, the World Economic Forum Group, Klaus Schwab. You have you know all the globalists. You have George Soros. You have a lot of people in the Democrat Party, the neocons. You know, uh, usually I don't agree with these guys. I'd say about 99% of the time. So why all of a sudden would we be in agreement with them? There's something wrong. There, yeah, and, and you know, and I see Glenn Beck struggling like with that. I don't know if you watched any yes. of his podcast. Yes, but he he's, it's, he goes. There's just something not right here. Right, that's correct. And at least he's starting to figure it out. So, um, what else have we? What, what's on your plate right now? Well, you know, we, it's been one of the most busy years ever because at the Religious Liberty Coalition, who would have ever, you know, thought that two years ago that we would have been dealing with pastors in America? My friend, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown in Florida, was literally arrested during the pandemic for having church service. Uh, I had many, yes. you know, many pastor friends out in California that were fined, uh, you know, that, that really came under uh, attack from the local municipalities in the state of California. And, you know, my friend John MacArthur, he lost his parking lot from Los Angeles, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, really was in a bad. Cheon, another one really in a battle out there in Los Angeles. So uh, we've been kind of walking through all these different things where there's this major infringement on religious liberty. And I think, you know, I kind of see it from the first hand. So I have a little bit different perspective than a lot of people that say, oh, there's nothing going on. Uh, you know, we're getting the calls. We're seeing uh, what's happening. And, and we never thought that these things would happen in America. I have a friend up in Canada, Pastor Arthur Pulowski, who's right now yes. in jail. He's in jail right yes. now. And his brother was just released, but he was also arrested. This poor man, what has he done? He's he's assembled the saints and, and fed the poor and, you know, preached the gospel. And I guess that's a crime now in Canada. Uh, and that's right on our doorstep, Richard, you know. So I think there, there needs to be an urgency. And it's not business as usual. And uh, my concern is that I still think there's a large portion of the body of Christ that really doesn't have that urgency. And they're almost, you know, and I'm not trying to be critical because I'm part of the body of Christ, but... 
uh, I think that you know we have to realize where we're at on the timeline. There's there's certain people that think, well, if I just preach the Bible, they'll leave me alone. You know, if I just stay yeah. out of politics. But that's not the case uh, because the truth is is that that's what they're coming for. As we mentioned earlier, they're coming for the Bible and they're coming for for biblical Christianity and for the very foundations that this country was established. You know, and so uh, yeah. th- this is the issue, and we have to realize they will come for us. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, there's organizations that are already looking at parts of the Bible here in the United States and labeling it hate speech, you know, in the area of marriage or uh, different things. And so this is only going to get worse unless we understand that it's high time that we stand up and we push back. And that's the encouraging thing is, yes, what's going on. And I, I do see a lot of people starting to step up, wake up, uh, these school board meetings, I don't think they've ever been as active as they are right now. Um, you know, mama bears and papa bears are rising up all around the nation, and uh, they don't really know quite how to respond. In fact, I think the FBI tried to say they were terrorists or something, but these are just parents that care. And and you know what? During the pandemic, they got to see firsthand some of this curriculum that maybe they weren't aware of before and certain things that I think have really alarmed a lot of parents because I know I talk to parents all over the country. And so they're now getting active and involved in pushing back. And this is what needs to happen because, you know, if we get active on the local level, that has an effect on the on the whole federal government structure and everything. I mean, it kind of has a ripple effect. So, you know, we have to attend these community meetings. We have to get involved in local politics. We've got to attend the school board meetings. We've got to push back because we are the majority and we can't be the silent majority anymore. So I think that's what's happening is that there is an awakening that's happening and so the cabal or the deep state or whatever you want to refer to uh, this group uh, is now, uh, you know, in a, in a tough position because they're either going to have to clamp down and get more tyrannical or they're going to have to capitulate to these parents and people that are pushing back. And so this is really why it's so critical the time that we're in right now. There's a retiring Tennessee Democrat that just... Um gave a report, and it's been on, um, I think, even the New American by the John Birch Society yeah. did a special article on it about how this retiring Tennessee Democrat has said that the Democrat Party in, in Tennessee is is virtually extinct. Yes. And yet, I don't see anything happening on the Republican side to take advantage of that. Is that something that's been on your table? On oh, your absolutely, Richard. I mean, I you know, even when we had the presidency, we had the House, we had the Senate, we had the Supreme Court, we were not doing what we needed to do on the on the right. I mean, if could you imagine if the left had all those and, and what they would do? You know, there, there's some kind of, uh, you know, basically the Republican Party is just... Um, you know, there's some real great patriots that are standing up and, and the America First candidates, uh, but there's also a lot of people that just don't do much of anything. They kind of just figure, well, as long as everything remains the same, that's okay. Uh, but the left has, uh, they're not the party of Kennedy anymore. They're not the Democrats yeah. of the Kennedy era. And so uh, for those people that have been Democrats for many, many years, you know, it, that's not the party that the Democrats are now. They, they've been taken over by the communists, by the far left. Yep, there's our music. <laughs> there's the music, yeah. Asking you to hold on for just another segment here. Okay. Welcome back to Talk Radio 92.3 and AM 760. All right, with me on the phone is Todd Coconato. And there he is, Todd. Hey, how are you doing, Richard? Great conversation, man. I really appreciate how we're tracking because it's like, you know, I don't even talk to you for a year and we just start right where we left off. It's amazing. <laughs> 
that's where we are with Scott Lively and I. It's almost like there's a prescience yes. in our, our, our feeling for each uh, what's going on. We were talking about uh, the, the activities at the local level and how yes. important that's going to be in moving forward. Um, and do you see areas of the country where God is drawing Christian conservatives together and Christian organizations together? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's mm-hmm. one of the key things that we're seeing, and that's where there is some encouragement that, you know, there is hope. And you mentioned that article on remnant.news about one more round. And, you know, there's a scripture in Matthew 24, 6 through 8. It says, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And I really believe that's where we're at is there is still an opportunity here for America to be a Nineveh and not a Sodom and Gomorrah or not go into captivity like ancient Israel, but instead for us to turn from our wicked ways. And so that's what needs to happen. It's not about a name or a ministry. And, you know, I will say that working in the Christian world for many years, I, you know, and I'm not trying to be critical, but a lot of ministries kind of keep to themselves as like an island. And right now we need to be working together. This is not about our personal ministry or our name. This is about collectively as the body of Christ, the ecclesia, and as a nation, as America, we are on the precipice of, of calamity. We're on the precipice of an economic meltdown. There's so many different ways that this could go, but I believe God will spare this nation if we return back to our first love, Jesus Christ. And so he is the answer. And that's why this is a time to be bold, to stand, to get involved, to come together as the body and to work with one another. And uh, if we don't do this, we're going to have a major problem on our hands. But if we do do this, I believe we're, we're already on the beginning stages of, of the biggest great awakening, the biggest revival in the history of the world. You know, and we're, this is what I'm seeing, Richard, which is encouraging. You know, I go around the nation, I speak at different conferences. And, you know, one of the things that just has blown my mind in recent months is the lines of people that come for prayer and what we're seeing at some of these tent meetings. Uh, you know, my friend, Pastor Mario Murillo is out there doing tent meetings around the country. I mean, there's so many. Many people that are inviting us different tent gatherings and so something is happening uh, which is very exciting and so you know it, it's kind of like the best of times and the worst of times at the same time uh, but we have the ability in Christ to come out from among them and to be the church and to walk in complete victory in the middle of this and so that's what I think is the encouraging thing is people are hungry and they're waking up and so now it's a time I really believe it was like a time of, of separation and preparation before we go into the destination so we're about to go into the destination which i believe is the promised land but we've got to stand and repentance is key and so i pray that you know more people speak about repentance and turning from our wicked ways and coming out from among them but but there's a lot of promise right now you know yeah you know uh you host a radio show when you're when you have a guest on and they're talking do you take notes to yourself to remind yourself to bring up a subject i do yes okay so during the, the commercial break, I, I wrote down local, which yes. the, the things we were talking about, and then the other word was, quote-unquote, working together. Yes. And that's what you led with as we came out of the commercial <laughs> break, and I'm looking at my note right there going, okay, I'm telling I don't you. even bother to need, I don't need to take any notes here. <laughs> well, you know, that's um, because the Spirit of God is moving. I really believe that. You know, when you get two yeah. like, like-minded people together... And it's just so important that the hour is late, the time is short, and, you know, we just inquire of the Holy Spirit and say, speak through us, and I believe that's what he's doing, you know? Yeah, and, and that's been my takeaway in, in in these three years on the radio, is that I've brought all these people on, and they're all doing great stuff, 
And I constantly get this message from God, what would happen if all these people started to collaborate? That's right. We, we'd, ha- we'd, ha- we'd be so much farther than where we are, and, and this is yeah. what we need to do. We need to change our bad habits and really come together as a culture and a community because God has given the church. I mean, you know, how many cities do you go? Like, I'm in Nashville. There's almost a church on every corner. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so think about, you know, if we had the, the real impact on the community that we're meant to as the, as the church— uh, this whole thing would be totally different than we're dealing with right now. But, you know, the, back when, you know, in the early days of the, of the nation, the church led in all areas, education, it led in, you know, cultural influence. And so there's been this whole lie of separation of church and state. And a lot of pastors and, and, and you know, uh, spiritual leaders have felt like they need to stay out of politics and they need to stay out of certain areas of society. That is not the case. That's a lie from the pit of hell. In fact, that was a letter of the Danbury Baptist Church promising that the government would stay out of the church's business, not that the church would stay out of government. And so we have to get rid of this lie of this separation of church and state and, and really be who we're meant to be because this is the answer. You know, Jesus is the answer. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the ultimate void filler. And so uh, this is, you know, when I, I do have a ministry, but it's really his ministry and he can give and take right. away any moment he could take away this ministry. So, you know, I, I it's not like I, I'm really careful to say my ministry because I feel like he's blessed me and, and given me the ability to be able to, to walk and have a ministry. But it's his, you know, Richard. And so if we all and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not any better than anybody, but I'm just saying if we look at this concept and say, you know, if all this, all these resources in the body of Christ, this, this is the Lord's, and we come together in unity in one accord, and we do what we're meant to do, and we walk in all fivefold ministry giftings, imagine how we could change this culture. You know, um, I've often said that, of course, we don't want a state church or a, a, a uh, state government like they did in Europe in right. the Middle Ages, where the, the church was the state. Right. So I've, I've come up with something that where it says there should be a separation of the church and the state, but there should not be a separation of the state and God. There you go. There you go. Yep. No, that's that's a great way to look at it. I mean, yeah, we're not trying to be a theocracy. We're not trying to be, you know, right. I mean, obviously America is a, is a nation where you can be of, you know, any faith and, and live and prosper. But, you know, there's something about... You know, Israel was chosen by God. America chose God. You know, we made a covenant with God. And I really that's believe right, that's, you know, that's why this nation has been so prosperous. Now, if you look at oh, it, yeah. you know, when, when we started getting away from God, that's when everything from the from the debt, you know, to abortion, uh, all the different uh, things that are now ailing our culture and our society, uh, that all happened when we started taking God out of everything, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've said on the radio many times, there's only been two countries in the entire history of mankind that were founded for God, and that was Israel and America. That's right. Others have adopted it, you know, the the Western Europe adopted Christianity, but the nations were already there. Only two nations were started for God, and it's it's a remarkable reflection of what all of that's about. Um, Were you, did it, Give, put a smile on your face to see God using truckers as a unifying force. Absolutely. In fact, I, I definitely wanted to mention <laughs> wanted to mention the truckers. You know, there's been uh, certain people groups that have really uh, you know stuck out during this whole pandemic, and 
really risen to the occasion. And, uh, you know, the only thing I wish that this would have happened a little bit sooner, uh, but thank God for these truckers. And uh, I will tell you, I think it has put pressure on the current administration and some of these yep. tyrants. And they knew what was coming and they knew, you know, the funny thing about it, you know, when we go around, I'm on this tour called the Reawake America Tour. And, you know, we every venue we go is like about 3,000 people or more. And then, you know, so many people watch online and different things. But there's no shortage of people that agree with us, Richard. You know, there's no shortage oh, yeah. of patriots or people that are concerned. And they want us to feel like we're alienated. They want us to feel like we're fringe or, you know, there's not a lot of us. And that's where the censorship comes in, you know, of course. Uh, but the truth is, all you got to do is look like at it. The, go ahead. Yeah, the, something like the trucker convoy happens and people go, wow, there's more of us than we <laughs> that's thought. That's right. That's right. And that's their biggest fear. I mean, in Europe, when they have the yellow vest movement, you know, they, the, the media uh -huh. does the very best not to cover it, you know, and, and, and so people don't realize that there's been a massive uprising and massive awakening. And these are, you know, primarily peaceful you know i mean it's just people that are trying to stand up and say you know we're sick of the tyranny uh, we're sick of government overreach we're sick of uh, religious and you know infringements on our rights and liberties and freedoms and 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 you know it's time to stand and so they're doing what they can and what they know and they're they're gathering and they're assembling and and so uh, but the media is not covering it you know and, and so we see it firsthand and, and I know that there's so many people that agree and, and many people, you know, that they're, maybe it's their spouse that doesn't agree or somebody in their family or their workplace and they feel alone. And I really feel that's what the devil wants us to feel like is we're isolated, we're alone, we're fringe, we're quote unquote conspiracy theorists, which is a weaponized term. And as long as they can keep people feeling that way, uh, then, you know, we don't realize the power that we have. But see, the truckers, that goes completely against that. Here you got this group of people that are standing and saying, look, we're willing to put it all on the line, like the frontline doctors and others. You know, we're willing to put our careers on the line. We're willing to put it all on the line to stand for our nation, for our constitution, for the for the rule of law, for the principles that this nation was founded on. And what it does is it, it inspires people because they realize we're not alone. There are other people. And so as this convoy has been making its way across the nation, people have been meeting in all these cities and getting together. And it's amazing. Okay. Well, we've got to take a top of the hour break. Can, uh, can you call us back in 10 minutes? Yeah, of course. All right. Well, we're going to... Not often that I would voluntarily consider putting myself on a surgical table and allowing two women to gleefully stab me in the back. But I came through the, the, uh, the minor operation with great success because of their superlative care. And uh, anybody looking for health care, please consider Nurse Debbie. They've got clinics in both Loudon, uh, Powell and uh, Sevierville. All right, let's get back on the line with Todd here. Todd, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. Um, in my intro, I, I mentioned the thought that in the Bible, I, I think it's in Acts, correct me if I'm wrong, where Paul mentions the fact that the people in Berea Something are praiseworthy because they double-check in the Bible about what they're being told by him. And I, it struck me that we need to be doing that with just the secular news. Yes, yes, I 100% agree. How's that for a parallel? No, it's 100%. In fact, I call the, uh, the media today the modern-day prophets of Baal. You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know the the truth is it's it's just there's this now technology, but it's no different than it was back then, uh, where there well, was. And then I guess we're Balaam's donkey. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, it's you know, we're still in the same in the same battle of good versus evil. And when we take it out to the macro, that's what it is. You know, it's it's in the natural. We can talk about all the different things and you know the the media name, CNN, MSNBC, all these. Different, but in, in the in, in the spiritual standpoint, when we take it out to the macro, it's a battle of light versus darkness, and that's why it is. You know, um, anybody that's spiritually astute or is walking around with you know wisdom discernment. You know, um, they can see that and they know that. And so uh, that's where I refer to the remnant people. It's the people that have discernment and that realize, no, wait a minute, something's wrong here. And then, uh, you know, we, we need to start praying. We need to start interceding. We need to go deeper. We need to call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so that, that's what our nation needs to do. It's, it's really an if my people moment, if you will, Richard, you know. It really is. And um there's a there's a principle out there that I've applied for years about following the law. And, you know, I, I did it in the beginning because I was being uh, labeled by some of the churches as being overly legalistic. And I said, well, but the law that I follow is the Lord at work. Yes. yes. Lord at work, L-A-W. And it has always blessed me. If yes. I see someone like you being blessed by God, and we are of a like mind, I am immediately drawn to you. And yes. whether that's you or Scott Lively or Dr. Alan Keyes, God bless yes. him for what he's doing right now on, yes. on his his new TV, internet TV program. Yes. You see the Lord at work. That You know, if I'm a construction worker that's out of work, where would I go? I'd go to a construction site. If I'm a Christian wanting to get involved, just look around you for some place where the Lord's at work. That's right. 100%. The Bible says deep cries out to deep, and you know them by their fruit, as we mentioned earlier. So it's very, you know, we can we can easily see. Uh, a lot of people, in fact, Richard, one of the biggest questions I get as I go around the country is, what can I do? And so... There you go. You know, <laughs> let's, let's address that real quick. <laughs> what would be your first advice for a Christian listening to our radio show? And they're saying, you know, all right, I've listened to you guys for a while. I want to do something. What would you, what would you be your first bit of advice well you know the, the thing that i would say is inquire of the lord and the holy spirit see there's certain things as a believer that all of us are required to do the bible says we have a great commission and that's to go and make disciples of all the nations and if you think about that just that alone that's been a real area of lack in the church we have stopped making disciples we have stopped taking the time to really pour into the young people to spend the time and i think a lot of it is you know there's there's multi different reasons why one of course we developed the megachurch culture and you know not all mega churches are bad there's some great mega churches but as a mega church leader what we have to understand is how do we disciple mentor and effectively shepherd the group because if there's thousands of people it's going to be very hard for that one pastor you know that senior pastor to be shepherding and really doing the work of a pastor so there has to be some system in place where we're mentoring the younger generation we're discipling and we're spending time pouring into these people so that's the key uh, number one is is to become uh, a person Person that fulfills the Great Commission, you know, and so we're all commissioned to that. Now, there's another layer because I think that people have individual callings, and so where my calling may be different than your calling. This is where, I mean, I see people, I know a guy that has a body shop in town here, and he's decided to have a Bible study at the Bible at the body shop. So now he has a group of people coming out, he clears out the shop, he puts chairs around, they all come out, they're going deeper in their faith. You know, this is things that people are doing, whether it's a coffee shop owner or, you know, different things that God is putting on our heart in visions and dreams and, and giving us uh, an assignment from him. 
And we have to say yes to that. Like the prophet Isaiah, you know, I have an interesting story. Um, when I was 23 years old, which is half of my life ago, I was stabbed nine times, Richard. And one of them was in the heart. This was in Granada Hills, California. This is my testimony. And uh, the Lord spared my life. And on the way to the hospital, the guy that stabbed me actually brought me to the hospital, believe it or not. And on the wow. way to the hospital, I went into the presence of the Lord and the Lord gave me an option. He said, do you want to live or do you want to die? And I said, I want to live. He says, well, if you live, you got to tell the people I'm real and you got to be on fire for me for the rest of your life. And I said, yes, Lord. And so right when I said, yes, Lord, I woke up in a hospital and a, a, an African-American nurse that was looking over me, she looked out, she said, you should not be alive. You should be dead. And so God well, spared my life and gave me a purpose. And, uh, but I will tell you, um, that, you know, that was my Damascus road. That was, you know, and so ever since then, I went to Bible school, I became a pastor, but I would have never been a pastor. That was not something that I had intended, you know, that wasn't my goal in life, you know? All right. Well, we're going to get back to that and a little bit more right after these messages with Todd Coconato. Todd, please hold on. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talk Radio 92.3 FM and AM 760. We are WETR, Knoxville's talk you can trust. This is Richard May. You're listening to the JES Biblical Worldview Talk Show, and with me today is Todd Coconato. You there, Todd? Yes, sir, I'm here. All right, man, oh man, this has been flying by. Are, are you okay to stay on a little bit longer? I would love to, yes. I think uh, this is an important right. conversation. Before we went to the break, you were giving me a powerful testimony of how um, God spared your life yeah. and offered you the decision of, um, and, and you know what I picked up on it was that there was no die and go to hell or live and serve me. He just simply asked you, do you want to live or die? That's right. That's right. There, yeah. And then that's no pretty common um, in a lot of near-death experiences. I was talking to Lee Strobel about this. He's writing a book on this right now. Yeah. And, and he was saying this is uh, something that he's heard several times. So it's, you know, the, apparently, you know, God gives us a choice sometimes. You know, I mean, look, I could have spent eternity. I was already saved at the time. Uh, but, you know, it was a big encounter moment in my life. I was kind of a very new believer. And all of a sudden this happened. Uh, but I really believe I would have probably spent, you know, eternity with the Lord if I would have said I wanted to stay. But, you know, God gave me the choice, and I just felt like there was more to be done. I wanted to get married, have kids, you know. And uh, But the reason why I'm sharing my testimony really goes back to the question, because I believe that was my Isaiah 6 moment. And if you recall Isaiah 6, that's where it's, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, and the train of his robe yeah. filled the temple. And what ends up happening there is uh, the prophet Isaiah is undone in the presence of the Lord. And all he could really say in answer, after he feels the glory in the presence of being in God's you know glory is, is send me, I'll go. And that's really that's right. where we need to get to that point uh, as the body of Christ is e each and every believer, we have to fight to be on fire and we've got to really uh, have that encounter. You know, you can tell when somebody's had an encounter with the living God because they're forever changed. You know, the Lord comes and lives in your heart and you are no longer the same person. That's what being born again is. You're literally no, you can't even go back to being that person. You are forever yeah. changed. You've had an encounter with the living God who's tangible and who's real. And that's what we have to understand is that this is reality. This is the reality. You know, God is real and he's made us for a time as this and he's empowered us and he's called us by name. And so it's not a mistake that we're alive now. So then the question is, well, what do we do? Well, we, we're like yes. the prophet Isaiah. We say, send me, I'll go. And we show up 
and the Lord starts speaking to us as we call upon his name and spend time in the secret place like we talked about earlier, when we do that, we start getting dreams and visions and purpose and God just starts downloading all this stuff into our heart. And, and then we and can't really, be afraid. We can't be afraid. We've got to go and do it, you know? And really cool little God moments along the way where he steps in and helps you with something that is so small that you're almost embarrassed that he did it. <laughs> That's right. He, he's with us every step of the way. He, he says he in his word. He wants to help. That's right. He does. He wants to help. And he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's never out of resources. He does, you know, we don't lack in him. Uh, we can, no. you know, he takes care of the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. How much more is he going to take care of us? You know, so mm-hmm. God, a lot of times he'll give the vision before he gives the provision. But we've got to just walk in the in the trust of the Lord, knowing that He He's with us and He's gonna He's gonna provide according to His riches and glory. And that's what He's done in this ministry. I mean, the, the vision is big, you know, and sometimes it can be a little overwhelming because it's like, wow, God, how's that gonna happen? But you know what, Richard, over all these years, I've learned to trust the Lord and know that if He gives a vision or if He if He gives a purpose and something for us to do, He's gonna provide and it's gonna happen. And it may not happen right. in our timeline or how we thought it would happen. But it's going to happen. So our job is to show up. And so, you know, right now, fear is pervasive. The enemy is counterfeiting where it looks like we're in the end. I mean, I believe we are in the last days, but I'm saying, you know, where it looks like we're going to tribulation. I mean, that's it. We've just got to prepare and hunker down. But I believe this is the church's greatest hour. I think it's time for us to be the body of Christ, to stand. And, and when we do that, there's an empowering of the Holy Spirit and the anointing that comes upon us, and he's going to get us through. We're going to see victories. We're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders, and I believe the greatest revival in the history of the world before he comes back. Now, another thing that uh, intrigued me was your story of the auto mechanic who was starting a, a Bible study. Yes. One of the things I've run into over and over and over are people that are hungry to grow in the Lord, you know, and you said the Great Commission making disciples. Have we missed something here where the making of disciples, people think, especially the church, it's just to to deliver the gospel and move on? Because one of the things that I have found is there's a lot of people out there that want to be more active as Christians, but they have no ability to defend the faith because they've been brought up in a lukewarm church and nobody ever even addresses, well, what does the, how would you defend against evolution? How would you defend against um, a billion-year-old earth? The, the idea that we are, have not equipped the saints. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that goes back to the escapism, too, what you said earlier is, you know, if we're just going to be raptured out of here and we don't have to worry about any of this, and, you know, that's pretty much it. We just go and, and do a couple of hymns and hers and put in our time card and then, you know, go about our business. That's not at all what the church is meant to be. You know, we're meant to be effective. We're meant to be the, the church of Philadelphia, the empowered church, not the church of Laodicea. And that means that we need to, you know, the Bible says, study yourself to be approved. You know, faith comes from hearing. Hearing from what? Hearing from the Word of God. So if we know the word, we hide it in our heart and we really understand, you know, I mean, it's that time in the word, that time in prayer, that time, you know, you don't want to ever be that person where the Lord says, I never knew you depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. You know, you don't want to be that person where the demons say, I know Peter, I know Paul, but who are you? You never want to be a, who are you? So how do you be an effective person that when you walk in the room, you literally change the atmosphere because you bring in the presence of the Lord that takes time in the secret place that takes time in the word of God. And, and, and really getting into the meat and going 
deeper. Every season, season as a believer, we should be going deeper. And, and the Lord will be speaking new things and he takes us from glory to glory. And so we got to get out of the rut. And I think, unfortunately, Richard, a lot of Christians have also given in to depression and oppression. And uh, there's a real heaviness in this hour. And, you know, I've been really reading in, in uh, Ezekiel about speaking of the dry bones. And I really feel like that's where we're at right now in America. We got to start speaking to the dry bones and speaking words of life and declaring and decreeing. And, you know, this is where it's a real faith journey for us. But if we're spending time in the word and we're getting strengthened in our faith, that's where that ability comes from. And that's where the anointing comes from. And then you walk in the anointing, you speak to the dry bones, and all of a sudden there's a rebirth. And so it starts in our heart. It starts in our, you know, in our prayer time. It starts in our ability to go deeper in the Lord. And that's a discipline. It's not just going to church on Sunday. No. And, and I think that's what I'm getting at is that uh, there seems to have been an incredible lack of resources for defending the faith. Yes. How, how, you know, wh- how do we defend against evolution? How do we defend against gender dysphoria? How do we defend against anthropomorphic climate change? Uh, you know, um, how do we defend against this idea that politics is something off limits to a Christian? I mean, Christ rode into the, uh, an armed Roman camp on a donkey. If that wasn't a political statement, I don't know what was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We, we got to get out of the weeds and, and all these, uh, really we've developed bad habits and we've got to break mm-hmm. these habits. And, um, you know, that, that's for us to, you know, we, we've got to be uh, equipped with this information that you're talking about to be able to uh, break the assignment of hell over our nation. You know, the, the church is what's going to bring down the strongholds, you know, and that's, that's right. what we need to do is we've got to pull down the strongholds and our battle is not against flesh and blood, it's against strongholds and principalities. And so who has authority to bring down the strongholds? It's the people of God. And so how do we learn and know about that? That's where we do that studying and we go deeper and it's going to take that discipline. You know, uh, a lot of uh, my listeners, I'm sure yours as well, they like sports or different things. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're spending more time following your favorite team than getting into the word of God, that is an issue because, you know, we've made idols of things, you know, and. But where would they go to learn how to defend against some of these these false narratives are, that are out there. You know, there's people like you that are speaking truth every week. Um, you know, there's there's so many resources now, podcasts. Um, people have taken a lot of time to, to articulate this and put together. But I, again, I mean, I go back to the Word of God. I think that, you know, some people look at the Word of God and they think, you know, it's very difficult to understand. But there's so many commentaries. There's so many mm-hmm. uh, ways that you can, you know, learn now. I mean, there's apps. There's, you know, people make videos. I mean, you can go on YouTube and almost every story in the Bible, as long as it's from a credible source, I mean, somebody's made a movie about it. Or I mean, there's so many different ways to learn. And this is how we go deeper in our faith because there's nothing new under the sun and so, you know, a lot of these things that we're dealing with right now, they've already happened, but we have to learn how to pull down those strongholds. We have to learn how to, how to really break these assignments of the enemy, and we can do that. I call the Bible the basic instruction before leaving earth. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's literally like the manual. So if you look at it from this perspective, the Bible is the roadmap, and then the time in the secret place and inquiring of God, that's the GPS. So, you know, if you, you remember back in the day when you used to have to go to like a gas station and get one of those fold out maps, you know, that would get you to where you wanted to go. And the Bible will get you there. But if you're also spending time in the secret place in prayer, you know, in fasting and going deeper in your faith, and then, then you're going to have that real time GPS guidance from the Holy Spirit as well. And they're going to work in tandem. Uh, and that's what's so amazing. So as believers, we have all the tools that we need in our toolbox. We just have to utilize them. 
Wow. There, there's so much there, Todd, that we could unpack. Um, but basically what I think Todd's trying to say here is that you need to be an intentional, not just a Sunday Christian. You need to intentionally say, all right, look, I feel the Holy Spirit drawing me to understand and develop a biblical perspective on why it's not godly to have 32 genders. Or maybe it's about uh, dressing modestly. It, it could simply be about, you know, ma'am, I'm, I'm, I'm not a good representative of Christ right now. I need to get my body in shape. Maybe, maybe uh, prayer and fasting is the thing that God's going to lead you to. But whatever it is, you have to do it with a degree of intention and commitment. Is that? 100%. Exactly. That's exactly what it is, is we have to be disciplined. And that's a fruit of the spirit is self-control, you know, and and, and so we have to have that self-control. You know, we can't be given to the things of this world. The Bible says, do not, you know, do not be conformed to the things of this world, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we have to walk in that, that transformed state of mind. And that's where, you know, we have all these amazing gifts and tools and resources and things that God has given us. So we just have to apply them. All right. We'll be back with more from Todd Coconato in just a minute. Welcome back to Talk Radio 92.3 FM and AM 760. We are Knoxville's Talk You Can Trust. I'm Richard May. This is the JES Biblical Worldview Talk Show. We're coming to you live out of the FMT Insurance Studios in Knoxville, Tennessee. And with me today is Todd Coconato. Getting back on the air here. Todd, are you there? I'm here. Yes, sir. All right. For our listeners, one more time. If you like what you're hearing and you're like-minded, I would direct you probably first to remnant.news. It's a really easy one to remember. That's why I picked that yeah. one. Remnant, R-E-M. N-A-N-T dot news. And from there, you can learn more about Todd and his ministries. And uh, probably you can find, can, will Remnant lead you to ToddCoconado.com? So the really easy way to get to ToddCoconado.com, because I know my name is hard to spell, is just go to PastorTodd.org. PastorTodd.org. There you go. Yep. <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> and then it makes it really easy. And that's kind of like our hub where, you know, all the information that we're yep. talking about, different organizations that we're working with and things like that. Yeah, most of the the, the uh, internet savvy guys have got one hub where they can direct everybody to. Yeah, we try to make it easy because it you know it can be a little challenging and complicated. So that was say that one again. So just Pastor Todd T O D D dot org. Okay, Pastor Todd dot org. All right, we'll we'll keep that one handy. Thank you. Um, before the break, we were talking about becoming an intentional uh, Christian and this idea that. Um, it, it does involve some discipline, doesn't it, Todd? Oh, absolutely. It does. You know, every day the Bible says we have to die to our flesh. And so that's really, and I'm really big on accountability too. And I know it's it's not easy to find somebody that you trust, but there's something about being transparent, being accountable. I really feel if you ask the Lord, send someone into my life that I can be accountable to, that helps as well. Um, you know, run with other like-minded believers, find people that are, that are in the same uh, understanding. And, and, you know, I always like to have a couple people that are, you know, farther along than me, you know, elders and people that I can go to on, on certain areas, because there's things that come up in our walk and there's, there's power in agreement. And for people that are praying with you, standing with you, and also encouraging you and, and helping, uh, you know, because in the time that we're in right now, there's a lot of spiritual warfare especially if you're standing for truth in the entirety of the word of God, you know, you're going to get warfare. So, but the good news is, is that we're on the winning team 
and the battle's yeah, and, already and to, been fought to, and won. To find a, a battle-scarred veteran of spiritual warfare yes. and getting their insight and guidance is absolutely invaluable. Yes. Um, there was a book, oh, I don't know when it was printed, but I read it about 30 years ago, and I believe the author was Richard Foster, and it was called Spiritual Discipline. And yep. in it, he identified 12 spiritual disciplines that had been proven the, the test of time over a millennia, uh, you know, some of our ancient biblical founding fathers and stuff recognize these. And let me just go through them real quickly, because this is really important. There's four internal disciplines to a, a, a Christian walk, and those are meditation, prayer, fasting, and study. And Todd, Todd's backed into a bunch of these where we need time, private time, just to meditate on God's Word, on on maybe our, our our relationship with him, whatever it is that the Spirit would put on you. There's incredible need for time for prayer, both um, private and, and, and communal. Uh, fasting, it's almost lost in the Western culture, and then, of course, studying the Bible. Those are the internal ones that we work with. There's four external ones where it's simplicity. Just have a simple life. You can be a doctor and still live in simplicity. Um, solitude, you know, the, the uh, Jesus going up to the uh, Gethsemane yeah. uh, to, for private time with God. Simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. Every single Christian on earth can find a position where they are submitting to somebody else, and it is so healthy for your uh, that humble spirit. Yes. And then service. So those are the external ones. And then there are four communal ones that we do together, confessing our sins to one another, worshiping our Lord together, guidance. And that's where we're talking about uh, offering um, counsel to one another, because oftentimes God works through somebody else to give you a message. And then celebration, where we celebrate the Lord through our testimony, what he's done in our lives and stuff like that. Those are the 12 spiritual disciplines. Yes. And any thought there? No, wonderful. I think they did a great job of articulating that. It's exactly right. You know, and, and another one, it, it, you know, maybe they kind of alluded to this too, but is knowing your identity in Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, knowing who we your, are. Your, your mission. Your yeah. mission statement. And who we are. Yeah. You know, who we, what we're capable of doing uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what came now, in Acts chapter 2. one thing I would two. caution there is, is that in our spiritual gifts, one of the things I've learned, Todd, is every once in a while he asks us to do something outside of those gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Where we're not comfortable. Yeah, that's right. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He's going to take us out of our comfort zone. But, you know, as long as we know that we're being led by him and, you know, we're in that's the right. will of the Lord, you know, we don't want to be in the permissible will. We really want to be in his perfect will. And if we're having that, that two-way conversation and we're spending time in the secret place, you know, we're going to know that. And that's the key, you know. All right. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was this idea that we're operating, a large portion of Christianity is operating out of fear right now rather yeah. than faith. Yeah. It, 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 um, do you want to talk about that for a second? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is such an, an assignment of the enemy uh, to, to, to paralyze the church in fear so that we would cower. And, you know, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. 
you know, that's that's what would be the whole uh, purpose of this, I think, pandemic was to, you know, get us to be isolated and not assembling. And that's why they're arresting these pastors. You notice there wasn't, I mean, I didn't hear anything about Buddhists being arrested or Muslims being arrested. I don't know why, but, you know, for whatever reason, it was Christians. Why do you think? You know, they're, they're coming after the people of God because they don't want us to assemble. They don't want us to, to have the, uh, the power that we're meant to walk in. And so this is very critical that we understand these things and we understand there's power. Two can send 10,000 to flight, you know, and, and so, uh, when we, when we get together and we're exhorting, we're encouraging one another, we're standing together in prayer and, and we're pulling down those strongholds. Like you mentioned earlier, there's so much significant, uh, you know, just authority and, and things that happen. People are getting delivered. Um, you know, it's like a hospital. People come into church and they're getting healed, delivered if we're, if we're operating as we're meant to. And so that's really where this is so important. We're talking with uh, Pastor Todd Coconado, and he's based out of Nashville, but he has a, a, an incredible footprint out there for equipping the saints. Um, in your, um, uh, where is it here, the, uh, the video playlist on toddcoconado.com you recently put up one where said, I was praying and God said this. Do you want to share that for a minute? Sure. I mean, I think, you know, it goes back to what we were saying about fear. And I think it's good because I think the Lord wants us to talk about this. Uh, but, you know, he's not given us a spirit of fear. It's power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind. That's why there's an attack on the mind right now. The enemy's trying to come after our mind. He wants us paralyzed with fear. And that's why, the, you know, this propaganda and the disinformation, it's all meant to make us be fearful. But he's not given us the spirit of fear. So anytime that fear tries to come on us, we know it's not of the Lord. And, and in fact, the Bible says, what place does fear have with love? Perfect love casts out fear. His love is perfect. So when we're walking in the love of Christ, in the fullness of what he has to offer, spending time in the secret place, kind of recapping everything we just talked about today, there is no place for that fear. And so, you know, that's where we have to understand the fear is a liar. You know, we're always living in view of eternity. We're just passing through in this world. But we're going to rule and reign with Christ. If we've accepted him as Lord and Savior, we're going to rule and reign for eternity. Think about how long that is. That's eternity. This is, you know, this life is but a vapor. And so if we look at it from that perspective, so what are we meant to do here? We're meant to make disciples. We're meant to be the salt and the light. We're meant to go out, to cast out, to drive out, to pull down the strongholds. We're not meant to operate in the spirit of fear. So that fear, if it comes on you, we've got to cast it down. We've got to say, get behind me in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a lie from the pit of hell. So if we establish that, we understand that any time that fear tries to come on us, the depression, the oppression, these are, in my view as a pastor, these are all spiritual matters that are trying mm -hmm. to come on us. And so if we, right. if we cast them down, and then we understand it's a lie from the pit of hell, then we operate in the optimal version of us, you know, the, the, the way that we're meant to operate as a person of God. And then there's really no stopping. And that's why I believe in the midst of the trials and the tests of this hour, we can be thriving because we're in the world, but we're not of it. We can be prospering. We can still, you know, I think there's going to be some financial challenges ahead. I think we could see some real economic woes and, and things that are very concerning. I mean, there's so many different things that we could be concerned about and fear could come in. But if we understand who we are in Jesus Christ, that we're a child of the Most High God, and, and we just walk in that authority and understanding and trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, leaning not on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledging him, he's going to direct our path. That's who we are. And, and we, are, we are his. And so he is going to protect us, but we've got to stay in his will 
because sin is the way that we open the doors, Richard. And if we, if we allow areas of sin, that's where the enemy's going to come in. All right, let's uh, get to the Religious Liberty Coalition for a second. Okay. And tell me a little bit about that. We've got about a minute before the break. We'll get to the break, come back, and we'll wrap this up. But I think we need to talk more about the Religious Liberty Coalition because I've got quite a few pastors listening, and I, I know there's a few sitting on their hands. And um, it would be nice if they knew that someone out there had their back. Is yeah. that a good way to put well, it? That, that's the whole reason why we exist, honestly, is to be a coalition, to stand with others of like mind, to let you know you're not alone. And so I would highly encourage them to, to go to the Religious Liberty Coalition website, which is rlcus.org, and sign up. And, uh, you know, what we want to be able to do is be standing with you, uh, giving you any resources that you may need. Um, you know, there's even within denominations, a lot of pastors, you know, will reach out from various denominations. We're non-denominational and you're welcome from any denomination as long as you believe, uh, you know, in the word of God and that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, but, you know, we really would like to stand with you. And that's what we're, we're here for a time is this. And so the Lord has brought this together to be, I call it like an underground railroad for the remnant, you know, but I really believe he's establishing these connections, not only for now, but for what's to come as well. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Talk Radio 92.3 FM and AM 760. This is Richard May. We're wrapping up our last segment here with Todd Coconado. Let's get him back on the line. Todd, are you there? I'm here, Richard. Yes, sir. All right. I, I think we really need to focus on the Religious Liberty Coalition for a minute. Yeah. And I think my first question before we get into the the whole thing is, how's Dr. Black doing? He's doing well. Thank you for asking. And uh, this organization was actually founded by Dr. Black and his wife, Diane Black, who's the former congressman in the 6th District here in Tennessee. They also mm-hmm. have uh, an amazing organization called Second Vote. And yes. uh, we're affiliated with Second Vote. We love what Second Vote is doing. Second Vote is basically educating consumers on how to vote with their pocketbook and make decisions uh, based on that. You know, not not supporting these activist corporations that literally hate us. That want to. Oh know, yeah, I, I get their their regular email updates, and oh my gosh, I would encourage our listeners to to look that one up because that's a great great way to get some really truthful news actually you think it's just oh it's just buying stuff no those little emails report on stuff that no one else is reporting on that's right and this is really where i talked about it earlier today but you know about coming out from among them and uh, really having alternative ecosystems and this is a key strategy that you know one of the winning strategies that we need to adopt as a community because it why would we be uh, you know giving our money and our resources to these companies that are literally working against our values and our principles that hate us Richard you know yes now speaking about uh, this idea that you're helping people stand within religious liberties and expressing that not only with second vote in their pocketbook but with the religious coalition yes Liberty coalition. Uh, let me just read this from your from your uh, statement. We believe in religious liberty, which is the freedom to hold religious beliefs of one's own choosing and to live in accordance with those beliefs. We believe this is an inherent human right. That's right. Therefore, the religious liberty of all people of all faiths everywhere must be promoted and defended. And that's where you guys come in, right? On the defended side of it? That's right. We, we come in to circle the wagons because unfortunately there's not enough of that going on. You know, we'll, we'll stand on multiple fronts, uh, whether it be media or if you need legal aid, 
Um, you know, we, we really believe that this is a, a hill that we need to stand on. Uh, once you lose any of your rights in America, but especially religious liberty rights, you're not going to just get them back. You know, in fact, uh, usually this is just the case anywhere that, you know, if you lose a right, you got to almost fight a war to get it back, you know, and so... Let me ask you a quick question. Um, back in, uh, was it 2019 or 2020? I think it was 2020 when they closed the churches and it was the first time in American history, That's absolutely right. the first and only time when we were not allowed to assemble in church over Easter. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, unbelievable, unheard of. No one would have ever thought that that would be the case. Of course, it came under the guise of COVID and a pandemic. Uh, but, you know, we, we started looking at the numbers and they just didn't fit. And there was a lot of things that they weren't reporting on. But ultimately, you know, our founders believed on something called unalienable rights and their life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And those rights are given to us not by government, but by God. And so yep. these are these are principles that have kept America to be the greatest country in the world. I've traveled all over the world, and I've never found a place like America. That's why people are trying to come here on our southern border from all around the world. And, of course, we know there's NGOs helping them out. But, you know, people want to come to America because it's still the greatest country. And it's the greatest right. country because of our freedoms and our religious liberties. And, uh, you know, you, you don't have these. Look at what's going on in Canada. You know, even though they have a constitution, they don't have the state's rights like we do. They don't have the, the their government was not crafted as, as our founders crafted this government. And so that's what's made America so great. And thank God, even through the midst of this pandemic, that we had governors like Rhonda Sanders and others that were willing to stand and push back and stand on the rule of law because the rule of law in our nation hasn't changed. It's the Constitution. The Constitution is the law of the land. A lot of these ordinances were just some local tyrant or person that was just kind of, you know, administering their will. They were, they were going around the Constitution. They were going around the law of this land. And they were basically suspending it. And uh, that's why when it made its way up to the Supreme Court, in most cases, we ended up winning, Richard. You know why? Because it was against the Constitution. And so... Yeah. That's where the Religious Liberty Coalition comes in, is that we have to challenge these things through education, through circling the wagons, coming alongside of believers and pastors and ministers, letting them know they're not alone, and that we are going to stand with them, and we're going to give them the educational piece and the resources that they need in order to be set up for success. How are the resources for... Um are there Christian attorneys stepping forward and saying, yeah, I want to help you guys? Oh, absolutely. There's guys like Matt Staver at Liberty Council. There's people like Brad Dacus, uh, you know, out there in California has got a great organization. I mean, there, you know, there's so many around the country that have already developed uh, non nonprofit religious liberty defense lawyers that we just connect you with, you know? Excellent. Excellent. What, um, before we wrap this up, what's your take on what this year is going to look like? Well, I think it's a moment of decision for our nation. We're at a pivotal mm. crossroads. And so uh, it's really up to us. And that's why I'm sounding the alarm and screaming from the rooftops, uh, because I think there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of positive things that could be coming our way. But we also have to understand there's an urgency and we cannot go on as business as usual. So it's really going to be determinative to what we do as a body of Christ, as a people of God, as a nation, uh, as patriots, as conservatives. We've got to take action. We've got to be a people of action. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So we can't just be sitting around arguing with one another about what, what's going to happen or what's, you know, trying to figure this all out. Well, meanwhile, they continue on with their agenda. So this is a time of action. And, you know, God is going to give us, we talked about it a lot today, visions, dreams, you know, purpose, but we've got to do it. We've got to be doers. Intentional Christians. I believe in that. Todd, um, can't believe we've been on for two hours, but I, I really, um, 
admire your endurance through all my commercial breaks. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Well, you I, I appreciate you. You spoil the blogs, don't you? Yeah, I am. You're right. But you know what? It, it's always nice to be with someone of like mind because the spirit just starts flowing. And so this was very easy for me. And I just really appreciate what you're doing in your program. Well, if there's ever an opportunity to, to, to come on your show, yes. I'd love to spend some time talking with you without Please. having all these commercial breaks. That would be wonderful. Anytime. You're welcome anytime. All right. Well, Todd, um, any last words? Hey, how many kids do you have? I have one daughter, and she is a, a big deal for why I'm doing what I'm doing because I think about what world I'm going to leave her and you know this next generation. Yeah. And so that's you know a huge factor. But you know, uh, yeah, factor. we'll have another one probably pretty soon here. I think. Oh boy! Okay, I'm going to put that at the top of my <laughs> prayer request. Thank you, <laughs> um, brother. We 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 can't stay apart this time. It's so long. Yes. 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 All right. Well, uh, God bless you. God bless your family. God bless your ministry. Thank you. And, you know, I think that what we need to be saying is America bless God. That's right. That's right. Yes, sir. Thank you. I stand with you. And uh, I know there's many people that have probably listened today that are getting that fire inside their spirit as well. And so, you know, you're not yeah. alone. Continue to stand. And this is a time that we've been brought into this world for a reason. Let's be the church. Thank you, Todd. Yes, sir. Thank you. We'll be in touch. Okay, please. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.